Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Penny's Going In Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only, and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy! On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we discuss hedging strategies and paying off student loans. Life's this game of pennies. Oh, you guys know we only have a 40% runner. Hello? 40% right is a fucking killing. We've been compliant for too long. It's time we go to war. I don't have a Roth. Q knows so much about the market that his brain doesn't have enough room for grammar. Hey, who told me about IDEX? It's going up a shit ton now. We're up 4%, baby. No way. 4 fucking percent. You asked the exact same question with two words <laughs> different. It's like, fuck, man, I just got dick whipped for like... 20%, and now that f***er's up like 50. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. I'm just making this voice memo to call out unusual whales to a fight. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Pennies, pennies, pennies. Going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity of Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny and Christian. Let's, Let's go, go, baby. Welcome back to another episode of Pennies Going in Raw. Today is Sunday, February the 13th, day before Valentine's Day. Get your little love bugs. Spy. I mean, we're going to talk about it till it's, till it's not doing this crazy shit anymore. What we're seeing this week, I mean, we looked like it was about ready to go back to all-time highs again. It about hit that 460 mark. And then we're back down below 450 again. Uh, how are you playing it? I mean, I think... It, this is the most fun I've had tr- trading just like interday spy options up, down, everywhere you can do it. What What are you thinking about it? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this shit's nuts. So it's a Friday right before 12 when spy was at 448.30. I started accumulating. <laughs> I, I didn't, I'm not big here, but I started accumulating May 20th, 490 calls. Oh, I got late March uh, 480. I've had them for a hot minute. Not to brag. Damn, sir. Yeah, yeah okay. I may be jumping so, uh, the gun, but we'll see. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I mean, you know me. I mean, I like, I like a little bit of time, you know. So I'm okay with May. You know, I'll chill. I'm alright. You know. Uh, that being said, uh, I have about one percent of my account in there. So you know, we're managing our risk. Yeah, nothing big for me either. No, no yeah, dude, only like eighty-five percent. You know, like, I don't, I don't think, know what the American economy is gonna do. I'm not putting my money in that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't trust her that much. You know, <laughs> especially like I just the Fed man. Like it feels like. I, I'm trying to look for the right words without uh without dissing our our men that uh keep the economy stable and who made us a ton the last two years, but it just feels like they have no idea what to do. Like, and I get that because in one scope of things, for for anyone that doesn't understand, let's run through it a little bit. On one side of things, inflation's high. Okay, inflation's very high. If you don't watch the news and like you don't really know what's going on, inflation's extremely high. So you have an administration who's saying that people are feeling are feeling inflation at their dinner tables. That was Biden's exact words, that the American people are feeling inflation on the dinner table. You remember, what was it, uh, two years ago when the Thanksgiving or the July 4th picture where it was like the cost oh of a, a July 19- 4th cookout's <laughs> like 11 cents cheaper this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now... You know, now, now, you know, Biden's words were that the American people are feeling it. So that's where, uh, again, the Fed steps in and the Fed is basically like a balancing act. When the economy is strong, they stop spending. When the economy is weaker, they step in for the, uh, to, you know, increase the expenditure. So when, when this happens, you're really inside a tough spot because if you raise rates extremely fast, then you're going to send us into a recession. If you don't, then we're just going to go, then inflation is just going to go through the roof and, you know, we turn into Venezuela. Now, I personally don't think, I personally think that anything below 9.5% for inflation is okay. And the reason that I say that is because we're close and inflation is raging. But here's the thing is that once inflation gets going, it's kind of like a truck rolling down a hill with no brakes. Like, like once a, it gets... Fuck, I want to make the joke. What is it, Nikola? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like exactly. the Nikola like, truck. <laughs> yeah, once that truck kind of gets over the start line, if you will, it it's really hard to curve it, especially when you're inside like an economic-driven um, downturn like, like the pandemic, which you know obviously closed businesses. So the Fed is really inside a tough spot right now. Now that be, now that being said, <laughs> every single comment every week is literally changing. And I personally think that there's too many cooks in the kitchen as far as the Fed goes. I mean, you got like, you know, one, one week you have I mean, literally 10 days apart. I think, uh, oh, what's his name? Not Jose Quinciera. Uh, oh, who's the guy on CNBC? Oh, you're uh, Joseph. Wrong guy, pal. Stephen A. Smith. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'll look okay. Oh, Carl Quintanilla. Uh, on CNBC, he used to work for like NBC News or whatever, and then he went to CNBC. So he he posted something about Bullard's comments ten days apart, and ten days. So uh, I believe that would have been the Wednesday, last Wednesday. He said, and this is a direct quote: "Bullard does not really think a a point uh, five basis points will really help us." And then obviously, as we all saw on Wednesday, 
Bullard came out and said that he sees the first one happening real soon and that he sees 100 by like June or July. <laughs> that's wild. Like, you, that's, that is like a toxic relationship. That is that. In fact, that is the most toxic relationship I've ever heard of. Uh, I mean, it's basically like, no, like, like, nah, like, like we don't want her. And it's like, baby, come back. That's the th- so that's where like my my thing is that it should really just be uh, Powell is the only one who should really comment, in my opinion. And I also believe that. You know, we're going to have everybody knows that rates are coming. So that's where the whole spy thesis comes in. Like I Wednesday sell off was ridiculous or what was that Thursday? Thursday sell off was ridiculous, in my opinion. It just scared the market. And that's fine because we were at a resistance zone right now. As I said, I think that we are at lows. I would be shocked if we saw 440s again. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go out there saying that we see four. 75 before we see 440s and obviously you know we're sitting you know on on friday we were sitting at 448 so yeah that's a that's that's two percent versus uh you know like a good little good little seven percent so that that's my thinking i still think that spy is kind of on like a launch pad i think that even honestly even 100 basis points i think is is priced in and uh, and like I said, is that on dips I'm accumulating, and on rips I'm selling all the way to four seventy five. That's how I'm playing this. So even on these little pops throughout the day, you're saying, hey, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't know what the market's going to do, you know, a few months from now, but I like this risk. So you're scaling out when you see a chance, even if it's just a couple percent in the market. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the range inside the market right now is ridiculous. So I don't trust, I don't trust her for a second. But uh, I don't trust her for a second. But that being said, I still think I'm still preparing for for spy, you know, going towards all time highs. Just because, like all this, all this is nonsense. I feel like this is all accumulation underneath, and uh, and now that like all of retail gets bearish, that's when I really start to bull up um, overall. You know, like that's when I that's when I really like to bull up because you know retail misses the misses the what was it? It took only took us a week to get down to like four thirty or something, and then it's like everybody buys the dip and then they bring us down lower and then retail gets bearish. So then that's when they fly us back to all time highs. That's personally how I feel. Now on Monday, the Fed is having an emergency meeting. Now what could they do? Honestly, I want them to hike you know, 25.25 basis points. I'd be okay with that. In fact, I think that's super bullish um, from like a macro perspective. Like start start to curve inflation and just get it over with. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know that you need to do it, but you're waiting to do it. Rip the bandaid off, yeah. Yeah, rip the Band-Aid off. And the thing is that, like, the Band-Aid is, is fine. Like, the Band-Aid is fine. Like, we all know that it's coming. It's, there's it's more, an infection under there. Yeah, th- well, that's the thing. Is that, is that like, you know, what's, you know what's under there, and you're just, you're literally just not doing it. But you know that once you rip the Band-Aid off, that... There's, like, a tumor it, under there. You're like, okay, as long as I keep this Band-Aid on, it's fine. It, but that's... A, exactly. But that's the thing is that, like, like you can cure the t- tumor by taking the Band-Aid off. Like, that's what this feels like, is that like the Band-Aid is contributing to the tumor and you just won't work the Band-Aid off because you're like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I really want to look at this. And I get that. Like, nobody wants to look seven and a half percent inflation. But guess what? We went through a pandemic. Like, what? You thought that like, 
us giving the American people thousands of dollars and shutting down businesses for months was just like, like we were just going to roll that up one day and just, just like, be okay break, with that. Dude. yeah, yeah. Like, like that's like, that's what people thought. Like, like, Oh, like we're just going to come back. No, there's consequences to everything. And, and on the economic scale, it was like, just to give the American people a break, dude. I saw the stat that was like, uh, I think it was like average Americans get less vacation time than like 16, like century servants or some bullshit. <laughs> but that's the thing is that, is that like, I, I just can't believe that like even, even on Thursday, I'm reading shit about like, that like people thought that like inflation was at like 5%. No, like we knew that inflation was going to hit high. Like, I, okay. Even, even you want to complain about the 40 year high on inflation. Why? Like why? We know that we know that inflation is that high. Like what? I don't understand. Like, why didn't you expect this? Like we closed down, we closed the country down for months. I don't know. That's just, that's just me. I, I feel, I feel like all this is starting to get a little priced in and all this is like really starting to piss me off. Like the fed, listen, if the fed listens to PGIR, we can have a talk about it. I, I don't, I don't, that, I don't know much, but yeah, the fed, but you know, Bullard, if you're talking, I mean, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're listening, uh, that really wasn't cool. It felt a little, that felt a little toxic of you to say 10 days apart, but, uh, you know, we'll handle it. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Well, glad we could cover that. Yeah, uh, spy made four nineties. Right now, so far it just went up like twenty percent. I missed I something. Oh, that would be so sick. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, we, you're not your be calls recording would, this podcast. Your oh, our calls would go fucking boost. Yeah, like, probably like a thousand, <laughs> ten thousand percent, something like that. Yeah, no, they they wouldn't do bad. That's for sure. Probably not. Not. No, but uh, so I guess kind of like as we kind of get back into like, oh, what's Mark going to do, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, no one's ever really positive. So one thing, you know, we like to let people know about is hedging. So what's a good way to hedge like in this market? Uh, yeah, so volatility is a, is a tough thing. So if... If, if I were going to hedge, it really depends on what you're, what you're hedging, right? Like if you're hedging, if you're hedging your entire portfolio, yeah, it would have been gone great with spy puts uh, earlier in the month. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the thing that I personally like to hedge with is volatility because when volatility breaks out, like it's think of it like inflation. When volatility breaks out, it is 
massive. So think about the VIX. The VIX will stay underneath 20 and not really move for months at a time, help quarters at a time. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get something like, uh, and, and I'm, obviously the pandemic is again an outlier, but you get one of those outlier, you know, headlines or something and the VIX flies like 20, 30%. Now that, and that's just on a headline. Now, if you get one of those, like, really crazy things like god forbid and god forbid that you know the the control the chief of the free world dies or something you know something like that volatility specifically the vix would probably go to like 80 like it like it would it would go up like 200 300 400 hey nsa no it's just us it was a hypothetical we're not playing yeah, anything was, sorry yeah uh thanks for checking in hope everything's good <laughs> yeah sorry yeah, about yeah. the whole we say god um, forbid yeah, sorry about the whole Edward Snowden thing and or whatever. The, those guys <laughs> okay. are fucked, dude. Yeah, they're the worst. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we love NSA. We love the uh, NSA. Yeah. So, um, so God forbid something like that happened. That's one of those things where you can take far out of the money leaps on volatility and got again. God forbid anything you know, catastrophic happens, volatility would go absolutely buco. Now, if you're like a day trader, like a shorter swing trader. Obviously, you're not going to hedge your entire. You're not going to hedge your positions with with the VIX because you know you you. Why would you? That doesn't make sense. Uh, that's more for like you know institutions, funds, hell, even your four hundred one k. But if you're a day trader, you gotta you hedge most of this stuff with how you manage your risk. That's how you hedge all of this. If you have a systematic approach and that. And let's just say you have a 70% win rate and you feel that the stock is going to do this because it does this 70% of the time and you're going to take profits because you're only looking for one or 2%. That is really great. And how you manage your risk and how you hedge is using good risk management. That's the only way. Now, you can do things like like if you're like a, a bigger holder of a stock or something, you can sell calls to collect the premium or you could take puts if you like really, you know, like if, if you really want to go crazy with it. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think buying puts is even going crazy with it, especially like having a stock that you're big on into earnings, especially if you're long on it. I mean, you're well, I mean, like, like if you have like a hundred thousand dollar position in something like you got to buy like $10,000 worth of puts. No, well, I'm not, I'm not saying hedge it the whole thing and expect it to drop 15%. And if it does, your puts are going to make up for it, but yeah, you know, at least make the wound, you know, not as bad. You know, um, yeah. Hey, you no, know, I, totally I know the that. earnings report wasn't as good, but at least my puts are going to go up seventy <laughs> percent. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, if I was a day trader, the way that the way that I handle those kind of things is that is that you hedge it with risk management. I think that that's the utmost importance important thing. And and listen, if you're like watching this and you're like worried about your four hundred one k or stuff, listen, call up your call up whoever manages your four hundred one k and tell them that you want to buy you want to buy like some twenty twenty three twenty twenty four VIX calls, you know, like uh, you want to buy some like forty VIX calls. You just want to put like four or five percent of your account in there, and or no, don't even do much. Just do like two or three percent and just uh, hedge it, hedge it like that. That's the way that I would handle it. Um, and then, then that's a really good way to hedge yourself to your four hundred one k, especially like if you're getting older and like, uh, and you're getting close to that retirement age, and you know you you want and 
you still want to be aggressive. But again, God forbid, because one of the biggest things of the 401k is and any like portfolio, any managed portfolio is that it takes a long time to get out of those positions. Like us as traders, I can click a button and be out. Your 401k, you got to get the you got to get your financial guy your financial advisor on the phone then you got to get you know then he's got to do it he's got to put in the order the order might not fill or execute until tomorrow so like a lot of stuff has to happen and of course if you're not one of his bigger clients or something you know you're not gonna get he doesn't give a fuck about you yeah, well, I mean, he's just not gonna. You know, he's not gonna pick up your like. If he's got, you know, if, if I got a hundred grand with him and someone's got three hundred million, like, who, whose phone call is he gonna pick up? You know, so that's why. That's that's what I see as the biggest down downfall of having a financial of advisor. Like, I think financial advisors are great. It's just that you know, if 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 the president again, God forbid, the president dies tomorrow, we're making, we're making and, a lot of assumptions about the president passing away. Yeah, we're making a lot. Of, I know. I, I started watching. I was watching like Air Force One uh, videos last night. So so I so all they kept saying yeah, was like, thanks. God forbid, God forbid, go. yeah. So um so God forbid, you know, something like that happens. And you can't get out until the next day or hell, two days later. I mean, the market could be down 12, 13, 14%. Your 401k will wipe out. Like your 401k will wipe out a year or two of progress, maybe three inside no short time. So 2% of those VIX calls will, uh, will, you know, super far out of the money. And hey, if they go, if they go expire worthless, great, because that means that your portfolio probably made like 10, 15%. So that's good. That's all. <clears throat> all right well uh okay if you're day trading uh i know you basically said the only real hedging or not only real way but the best way is just having a systematic approach do you think there's any other real way for you know a main day trader to kind of still be able to hedge let's say that they are in like let's say spy calls or day trading those or even if you're just day trading a regular position is there really like anything they can do to kind of like protect themselves from a crazy downfall or is it just like hey puts spike calls whatever yeah 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 i mean that's that's like the way to do it and and i i truly i will always think that managing your risk will be the will be the biggest part of it but if if it's not managing your risk then have those spy puts on you know start accumulating you know if you if you're like a pretty pretty big day trader let's even just say that you're like someone who you know you're right underneath pdt and you want to you want to manage, you want to, you want to hedge yourself overnight, you know, stuff like that. You start accumulating like four or five month out, month out puts and do it that way. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
All right, well, moving on to, you know, tax season is coming up. So let's talk about another thing, uh, spending money on something you don't want to spend money on, but you kind of have to. Student loans, not a fun thing, but paying them off is definitely something that people are having to do. I know a lot of traders did it last year. They banked on 2020, fuck accumulating your gains. Like, let's pay off these student loans. What are some ways for the average just dude, maybe they're trading a little bit. They want to put that extra money on their account, but obviously they have their student loans as well. What do you kind of recommend to that yeah, guy? You got to get rid of the debt first. Um, the debt has to be the single most important part um, because that's going to be the thing that's always inside the back of your mind. Always. So I, I would get rid of the debt. Um, if you want to, if you have like a steady, stable income and you want to do something where let's just say you, you make uh, $5,000 a month and your take home is $5,000 a month, which is, which is a healthy amount of money, then what you can end up doing is that take the money that you make and first pay off, you know, if they require you to pay off $1,000 a month, always do more. So do like $1,400, then take the $600 and put it inside your, your, your training account. And then, you know, if you save $500 a month, put that inside your savings account and then maybe spend a thousand. So make sure that you, the biggest thing that I can say is that always make sure you know where your money's going. Don't just frivolously spend. So always put it inside the accounts that need it, need, need to be had first and then take care of it that way. That's what I would do. All right. So now for a little Q and a, uh, this is from teach him stoic. Uh, they're asking who is they who is manipulating oil and gas future prices is the government is it like Bloomberg is it natural gas producers is it a hedge fund is it my broker is it CNBC they have a lot of assumptions um, but I know a lot of people say they a lot it hasn't been said as much recently because everyone's more like oh fuck everyone this market blows but uh, who is who is they and when are we gonna kick their uh, ass dude yeah I mean <laughs> yeah they sucks uh, yeah yeah. So see, this is, this is a tough question because you have market makers and then you have big they. funds. Uh, yeah. You, they is, they is loaded. Um, they is definitely loaded. And then you have, you know, you, you got retail. I mean, th those are the three big inside the space. So when it comes to like oil and natural gas and stuff, um, a lot of that comes down to the numbers, but it also comes down to, you know, who's controlling the contracts. So a lot of times you can, you can get, uh, what am I looking for? Like, like, uh, pre like you'll see in the middle of the night and stuff, not the middle of the night, you'll see, uh, like off open and stuff. You'll see like imbalances and stuff. And that's like, you know, market makers, you know, changing different contracts and stuff like that. So it, the market makers typically, but, Again, a lot of that comes down to the oil supply itself. So like, you know, what you get per barrel and stuff like that. Like, like it's not going to really change that drastic. Um, most of the time you're going to, and you can anticipate the move in oil and stuff, but uh, overall, you know, it's not like somebody's like, you know, manipulating oil, like up or down yeah long story short we don't know who the fuck they is they is like uh the ref uh like when your team loses and you need someone to blame like it's it's that it's them that's who they all is. right here we go the tweet that i sent out maybe like a week ago got 300 replies and one of them is from starving whale <laughs> stop losses on options they swing so crazy every trade i have been up 125 percent on was down 28 38% at some time. I've never understood the stop 
put of a trade principle with options. Make Dude, good traders at key and levels. Read is awesome, man. We should have an episode right, where I, you just I'm try sorry, and read but... a page of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm trying to like, I'm just trying to like under, like I want to answer the question the second like, and, that, and that I read. And then Gandalf, okay, we're going to skip this word. Uh, we're skipping tired, that one too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. All right, all right, you know what? Fine, fuck. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna restart. All right, this one's from uh, Starving Whale. Stop losses on options. They swing so crazy. Every trade I've been up 125 percent on was down 38 percent at one point. I've never understood the stop put of a trade principle with options. Make good trades at key levels for your edge is my strategy. Your insight would be appreciated. All right, so Starving Whale. The biggest thing is that if you're ha- if you're seeing that big of a of a movement. Something tells me that you are probably choosing cheaper options that are either far out of the money or close to expiration or both. My thing is that I would always, I don't, I can't take those kind of swings. Like if, if that swing is happening on like a one or 2% move of a stock, then you need to go further out, bro. You need to you need to go further out. You need to go like maybe a month or two out, and uh, at least. And then the other thing is that one thing that I like about TDs options is that you can you can place them at key levels on the so you so you can you can put in an order for the for the option and it'll show up on the bigger underlying equity chart so that you can see where it'll sell at based on the Greeks and where everything's at right now. So I personally like that. I enjoy that feature, especially because options do move so much. So I like to have my orders already out. Does that make sense? So I would go further out. And then if you use TD, I would just, if your key level is uh, $100 or something, I would put the, I would make sure that the option is laying at the underlying equity of $99. All right. So this one's from, oh, wow. This kind of sounds like my mother, honestly. Trading Mama H. Uh, it sounds like something that my mom would, would make her username as. Uh, anyway. Trader Mama, She's Trader like, Mama why H. Is, why is that one host so handsome and sweet and smart? <laughs> <laughs> Says, how to know when a stock with news will go or just pop and fade? I know it takes volume, but some people just have that instinct to buy and know it will rock it. Oh, actually, you know what? Fuck yeah, I like this one. Okay. Uh, you want to go first to me? All right. Well, I think if I think looking for what the news is, obviously, um, and we had an episode a while back on, you know, basically this question on like what news is worthwhile, which price targets are they are you you know looking for? Obviously, if there's a fifteen dollar price target and it's two dollars, don't go too into that. Be like, uh oh, looks like I'm early, you know. <laughs> so I think that's I think one of the that's the biggest thing. Don't jump the gun and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, two things. So the first part is that the traders that I know that are really good and really experienced, they look for two things. One, former runners, and two, uh, former runners. And the second thing is that uh, the news to be really good fundamentally. So it is about the news, but it's also about the stock itself. You know, it's kind of like comes back to what we talk about all the time about personality of stocks. You know, like it's not just about the news. It's also like if this stock runs before. So for instance, like BBIG runs really well. 
So when BBIG has news, even if it's fluff news, it still usually sees a pop. If you're having trouble buying stocks that get news and then you're noticing that they drop immediately, my suggestion would be to wait for them to to wait to see what they do. If the if the stock pops uh, let's just say it's not, it pops from 10 to 12 and then it comes back down and then it's starting to go over 12 again, th- you can buy that breakout. Or really the best strategy would be to, you know, if the stock goes from 10 to 12, comes back down, goes back up to 13, comes back down to 12, that, that's, that would probably be your support and that's where you could buy and then keep your stop loss tight to there. So, the one thing is that I would stay away from, and I would look at the daily chart, I would stay away from anything that's not a former runner. The other thing is that I would really I would really focus on really good news. So fundamental, fundamentally sound news. To me, that's the stuff that is going to run the run. If it if it's going to run at all, and then if you notice that this thing runs like two or three hundred percent, and you can look back at obviously at the old news, and if it ran like two three hundred percent on not much, that's really good. And then the last thing I'll say is that look at its prior dilution and look at its current dilution. You know, if it doesn't have uh, if it doesn't have any warrants or anything, that's a really good sign. But if you look at it and it has warrants and you know maybe like a shelf offering, I probably wouldn't touch it. And I would stay away from it. Really good question there. Hi, dude. Uh, it was awesome seeing your reading, you know, go from like a uh, third grade level to like a sixth really quick. I'm really <laughs> impressed at how fast you learned and got better. Um, and I think the last thing is uh, Manscaped's got me smelling good, dude. Uh, have you got the uh, the new pack thing? I got the new pack. I haven't tried it. Oh, dude, you're missing out. Like, Although the other day I did like something pretty stupid. I... Uh, used the body wash on my hair uh why'd you do that i I didn't mean to i was just the the bottles looked a little similar so uh yeah whatever had to take another wash but all good dude another an extra shower never hurt anyone all right guys well thanks for tuning in um make sure to like subscribe give us those five those juicy five stars and hope everyone has a great trading week and we'll see you all next time take care Pennies Going In Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.